for listening to the Super Fantasy Brothers from Next Season Sports Media. What is up, everyone? Welcome into the third ever episode of the Super Fantasy Brothers podcast. It is a podcast composed of two people whose NFL teams won in week one and one who didn't. My name is Drew Wade. I'm joined by Cameron Reed and Shady Abood. How are you fellas doing? I'm doing great. Despite the Patriots loss, we are optimistic and ready to go for the whole season. Yep, Drew, I'm here. Football's back. Steelers are 1-0 for now and we're feeling good for now and the news today Watt didn't really fully tear his peck so he should probably be back in a month and that's enormous for your team hey that's tj watt's good uh Najee, not a serious injury yep and mitch we trust it's looking good in pittsburgh showtime mitch with the uh comeback victory at the end there or mm-hmm. not really a comeback he just led the game winning drive but cameron Mac Jones, back spasms. What's the dish? Uh, The dish is he will be fine for week two. We will see if that is good or not for us. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. Oh, if if I'm not mistaken, uh, week two is Patriots Steelers, isn't it? Oh, is it really? Perfect. Oh, it is. It's uh, a Super Fantasy Brothers uh, showdown. Showdown. The the first Super Fantasy Brothers derby. Ronald Darby is what he's talking about, of course. Corner, oh, quarterback oh. for the Denver Broncos. Anyway, um, so i give a little background of what we're doing today. We're gonna First, we're going to recap how each of the three of us did in fantasy this first week of the NFL season. Then we're going to go and look at some freaks and squeaks. Get into more of that later. I'll leave you uh, wondering what that means. And then uh, to end it all, we're going to give some waiver targets for you guys to be looking at uh, before waivers run in most leagues this Wednesday. Um, boys, anything else before we hop into it? Let's do it. Yep. Just, uh, you know, a few injury news. Najee's looking like he's okay. Um, I think Mitchell's going to be out for about two months um, with his knee. Elijah and then Godwin. Yep. Yep. Godwin will be out for a couple of weeks, I think, with a hamstring. But other than that, um, unless I missed any injuries. I think those are the big ones. Um, Bucks fans probably thankful that it was a hamstring and not like a re-aggravation of the knee for Godwin because mm-hmm. it kind of looked like it might be just the way that um, just the way that play looked when he got hurt. Um, but Dak uh, Prescott, yeah. another big injury. Oh, Dak Prescott. Yeah, that's yeah. probably the, the, the biggest one because he's going to be missing. The, that's That's horrible for the Cowboys. But uh, with the injury news out of the way, I think we can safely say... uh, Broncos country, let's ride. (laughs) uh, So for me, for fantasy this week, I'm in six leagues, for those who don't know. I went three and three. Uh, Probably I'm up pretty big in the last league right now. And the other person just has, I think, Cortland Sutton left. So it would be pretty remarkable if they came back at this point, but... 3-3, Three and three, Juan and Wade dynasty over Shady. That's the important thing here to note. Just want to make sure everybody gets that. And, uh, you know, just looking to get better next week. Hey, you're welcome for A.J. Brown. That's all I, uh, hey, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got to say there. 
Yeah. Uh, let, let me just talk about that for a second. Earlier in the offseason, I went on a long journey to get A.J. Brown from Shady. I had started with me trading away Antonio Gibson in a trade that got me Saquon Barkley back, and then I traded Saquon Barkley to someone else and got D.K. Metcalf, and then eventually traded D.K. Metcalf and Zamir White to Shady for A.J. Brown. And, dude, he went off this week and uh, is one of the reasons that I won. So thanks for that. Hey, DK is not looking too bad. Uh, so I might live to not regret it, but regretting it for now. <laughs> How'd you do this week? Uh, I did all right. I'm in six leagues as well. Um, actually, I did not do all right. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm one in five. One in five, guys. Um, lying, Shady. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to be optimistic here, but it's rough out here. Uh, I can be two and four if Russell Wilson has a big game without throwing the Sutton. So that's a very big if. Um, but most likely going to be one in five. Um, I think I got blown out in all those, all, all five of those for the most part. So uh, not, a, not a good week one. <laughs> Tough. It's tough. Things are not looking. How'd yours go, Cameron? They're not looking much better for me right now. I'm in five leagues. Currently uh, looking at a two and three record. I did beat Brendan, fellow uh, next season sports media cohort in our Dynasty League. So that was a big win for me. Um, important to start off with a win in the Dynasty League after I was the worst team in the regular season last year. Yep. Um, so so that's big. That's really big. My playoff chances went up like 10% on Sleeper hey, after I won in week you, one. Now what are you at, like 12%? <laughs> like th- I'm at 31%, Drew. Easy. Oh, Easy. Whoa, look at that. Um, that two and three could turn into three and two. I'm up right now as we speak by 16.1 points in one of my leagues. Uh, the other guy has Russell Wilson and Brandon McManus. Ugh. So I'm cautiously optimistic that I'll win that one. Very yeah, cautiously I mean, optimistic. Wilson's been, got three points so far, and so does McManus. So hasn't been might be all right there. Hasn't been as one-sided of an affair in this Monday night football game as uh, a lot of the media expected. Uh, seven to three still currently. Seahawks mm-hmm. over the Broncos in Russell Wilson's return to Seattle. But, uh, yeah, so sounds like I did the best. So I'm going to take a little victory lap real quick. Go me. And then we're going to move on right into freaks and squeaks. So the freaks of the week are just guys that absolutely went off. Uh, whether or not they're on our team or not is not really uh, relevant. We're just looking at the fantasy scene as a whole. So I'll get us started here. We've got one from each position for each of us. And my quarterback, uh... Carson Wentz was the quarterback three in fantasy football this week, tossing over 300 yards and four touchdowns. He had two very Carson Wentz-esque picks uh, in this game. So maybe temper future expectations a little bit, and they were playing against the Jags. But for now, got his revenge on Frank Reich, and he looked, you know, solid as a fantasy quarterback in week one. Yeah, I was I was surprised. I mean, it was the Jags. I'm trying to read, not read too much into it, but I mean that overall Washington did not look too bad out there. Yeah, yeah, really trying to temper my expectations with Wentz, but this is the first time, you know, maybe since the Philadelphia Super Bowl run that Wentz has looked like um, the quarterback that he he was on the trajectory to be before he mm-hmm. got hurt. So that's should be exciting if you're a Commanders fan. Um, on the outside looking in, I'm a little bit cautiously optimistic about it, but really cool to see him back up to the top of the league like that. For sure. 
Yeah, my quarterback. Um, go ahead and give my quarterback freak of the week. Um, Jalen Hurts. I know uh, Drew will love Ooh. that one. And, you know, Jalen Hurts can be quiet for three quarters, but he'll give you 20 points fourth, like, like magic, um, which makes him a great fantasy quarterback. Um, he did actually have a pretty good game against Detroit. He had 24.7 fantasy points and was the QB four on the week. So, you know, not quite up to Carson uh, Wentz level, but he, he was pretty good um, as well. He had 17 rushes for 90 yards. And uh, scored a touchdown rushing. Honorable mention as well as James Winston, which I think is undrafted. Um, in most leagues, he finished as QB7. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had 269 yards and two touchdowns. And while it looked rough there for the Saints, most of that game, they um, they salvaged it at the end in the fourth and still beat uh, the Falcons. Yeah, big week. Big week for Hertz, big week for Winston as well. I know uh, Jameis was one guy I was looking at um, for Dynasty League, trying to get a, a little bit of a, a buy low on him. But uh, somebody was not willing to give him up in our Dynasty League. <laughs> Who has him? Is that Jake? Yeah, that's Jake. Jake Ramaker, <laughs> the guy. I think we talked about him on the show before, but he has, you know, everybody's pretty much first-round pick next year, and he's working on 2025 as well. So. <laughs> My yeah, I almost. Uh, <laughs> I almost regretted instantly regretted that trade if uh, Najee Harris was out for a while. Oh, but yeah. um, <laughs> just traded for him. That'd have been tough. Yeah, I just traded Mixon away. But uh, he he's good for now. He's good. Yeah, my uh, my QB freak for this week. Uh, maybe not as explosive numbers. Not maybe. Definitely not as explosive numbers as the two guys you picked. But with the uh, QB ten this week, Marcus Mariota. First start for the Falcons, uh, threw for 215 yards, ran for 72 on 12 carries, and he got a rushing touchdown. Uh, wasn't sacked once by the Saints defense. Um, put up uh, 19 points, 19.8 in standard scoring. So just under that 20-point threshold, which tends to be where you know your top 10 quarterbacks average for the season. Um, I was really impressed by Mariota and... A lot of the reports coming out of the preseason in the Falcons camp was that he was looking really good uh, in drills and preseason games like Mariota has been looking good. And I think this is the start he needed to be a fantasy relevant quarterback this year, which I think he has the, the skill set to be, you know, 72 rushing yards is right up there, you know, with the guys that are going to be running all over the place like Hertz. He had 90 yards this week. So excited to see more from Mariota. I thought that was a really good start for his campaign. Um, and while it may not have been as flashy as some of these other guys, I think this could be a sign of things to come for Marcus Mariota. Yeah, Marcus Mariota has never been like a the incredible high octane passer like a Patrick Mahomes or Justin Herbert for a fantasy league, but um, he's always had that rushing baseline. So whenever he's been a starter, he's been uh, relatively solid game to game. Um, so can plug him in your lineup, and he had a great week. Uh, against a solid Saints defensive front this week. So, yeah, mm-hmm. great call. All right, and uh, moving moving into running backs right now, Corderell Patterson for the same team, the Atlanta Falcons, finishes the running back five this week. Um, tamper this one a little bit. Damian Williams was getting work early but had to leave with an injury and did not return. So they were almost forced to rely on Patterson, like, 
they did for a large portion of the year last year, but he made the most of all his opportunities and ended up as the RB5, like I said. So huge week for Patterson. Um, I had honorable mentions for the Freaks. I had Miles Sanders finally, finally, finally breaking that barrier and scoring a touchdown in week one against the Lions. He also averaged 7.38 yards per carry in this game as well. Almost hit that 100-yard mark. And uh, seventh-round rookie for the Chiefs, Isaiah Pacheco, I felt like also deserved a mention here. Um, he A lot of his production, his fantasy production came in garbage time once the game was out of reach. But uh, even when the game was still in the early reaches, when it was 14-7, to seven, uh, the Chiefs were up, uh, Pacheco got a red zone look um, with the starting, with like all the other guys out there. So um, maybe some good things to come for him. Yeah, and Sanders, I I just feel like the Eagles really wanted to get him a touchdown there. I think it's yeah, they did. Everyone was well aware <laughs> it's been a while. Um, he didn't score at all last year, so I think it was a priority for them to get him the first running back touchdown. And I know Gainwell and Boston also scored later in the game. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Sanders continues to work that volume with uh, Kenneth Gainwell breathing down his neck. Uh, but this week showed that uh, there's a, there's points on the table for both of them, I think. And if Sanders can keep finding the end zone, then he's definitely going to be a high-end running back in fantasy leagues. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. My running back freak um, for this week was DeAndre Swift, who uh, drafted pretty highly, but I didn't see a running back three finish for this week. Um, he had 26.5 points in PPR scoring. He was really efficient. He only had 15 carries for 144 yards, averaging 9.6 yards a carry, and he had a touchdown. He would have had a much bigger day um, if the Lions didn't love Jamal Williams so much. (laughs) He did get both (laughs) co-line carries, two rushing touchdowns for Jamal Williams. So possibly a three-touchdown day for Swift if if he had the whole workload. But... Mm -hmm. Um, nonetheless, still a really good day for him. And the honorable mention for me is Kareem Hunt, um, who continues to be uh, Achilles' heel for uh, Nick Chubb fantasy owners. Um, he had both touchdowns for the running game for uh, the Browns. He had one on the ground, one receiving. Um, not really notable numbers, um, yardage either way, but he, he did get both touchdowns in the offense. And um, that put him over to RB4 on the week with 23 points. Solid showing out there from Swift and Hunt. Uh, I'm curious what you guys think about Swift, where you think he'll end up at the end of the season. To me, he's one of those guys um, where, rightfully so, drafted you know first or second round in every league that you're playing in. Um, kind of on the outside looking in compared to some of your top backs in the league like you know Henry, McCaffrey, Cook. Um, Taylor, those those kind of top four guys. Swift is definitely a tier below in terms of like power rankings and things like that. Um, but going into the season, he's one of those guys that I had marked down like, you know, solid season this year. He could be RB3 at the end of the season, depending on how the Lions use him and how he performs. So I think there's a lot of upside on Swift, and I think uh, this might be the normal for him, you know, mid-low 20s throughout the season. What do you guys think about Swift? Yeah, I think if he was on a like more high octane offense or what people suspected would be a more high octane offense, he'd been a first rounder easily. I think it's just sort of that uh, that sheen from playing on the Lions that mm-hmm. kind of made people a little more cautious about him, I guess. But I think 
definitely that he could end up as RB3 this year. I mean, we saw absolute domination from him in this game. So not crazy at all to think that. Yeah, for me personally, um, while drafting, I was really cautious of the receiving game, Almond Ross and Brown and TJ Hawkinson um, being back. And I was a bit weary of the split, but even last year with the split, I think he was RB5 before he got hurt, and he showed yeah. week one he can still do it with all those guys. Amon Raw had a good game. So um, DJ Chark also had a really good game. So I think even with the pass catchers there and with splitting, it looks like he's just really efficient and still be able to do it. Um, it is week one, but for now, he does look really good. Cool. Cool. My running back freak for the week Ended the seat or ended the season. Ended week one as running back number one in the league. Saquon Barkley, 184 yards rushing on 9.1 yards per carry with a rushing touchdown. Six catches for 30 receiving yards. Saquon Barkley, best player on the field in that Giants Titans game. Uh, really just a dominant performance for him. This is the guy that we saw a few years ago before he got hurt. It looks like he's back. Uh, full strength, looking good running, looking good catching the ball and making plays after the catch, making plays after first contact when he's got the ball in his hands. I was really impressed just watching him. You know, definitely passed the eye test for me, uh, Saquon did. And as a guy that was, uh, he was drafted, you know, into the first round, early second round, I was weary to pick him up in all my drafts. I had a few drafts where um, if I wanted to get him, I had him at the end of the first round. Uh, but I did pass on him. Certainly regretting that now. I think this is a really good start for Saquon. And uh, if there's anybody that can keep up these kind of rumor, kind of numbers, it's him. Should be poised for a very good season. I, I'm hoping. I'm hoping he does well. I'm not a Giants fan. Uh, just just happy to see him back playing, back healthy, and being a dominant force. Yeah, I mean Giants are like my second least favorite team as an Eagles fan, and yet I'm still happy to see. Saquon get out there and dominate um I mean part of that is because he went to Penn State also a Penn State fan but Mm -hmm. um it's still cool to see him dominate for even our division rival and I'm happy for him and just he looked incredible just the the speed he showed getting to the holes and to the outside on his outside runs I think uh as long as he stays healthy this is gonna be like rookie year Saquon that we saw get like 90 catches and finishes like a top three running back so I'm excited this year you mentioned that the speed. One. I saw a stat that he hit 21.1 miles per hour in the game against the Titans, which is the fastest speed he's recorded in like three or four years. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah, that one really made me really happy. I took Saquon. I reached on Saquon compared to most people drafting. I took him one of my leagues at the 201, and uh, that was, you know, a lot of laughter was... Uh, a lot of people were laughing at that pick during that draft, but um, now I'm getting trade offers for Saquon, so... Really glad he came out and had a good week one and finished as the RB1. Um, I wish I, I could say it helped the rest of my team, but I'm glad I got that moral victory at least. Yeah. Drew, <laughs> you want to lead us into the uh, wide receivers for the week? Absolutely. And what better way to start off talking about the wide receivers than Justin freaking Jefferson, my first round draft pick in our dynasty startup last year and i could not have been happier about it i mean man went off for what was it 10 catches something like that 180 plus yards two touchdowns in the vikings opener against the uh green bay packers i mean the packers just had no answer for him Mm -hmm. uh, no matter where he lined up what kind of route he was running and uh, in the preseason he was talking a lot about well now that 
uh, Kevin O'Connell's here and instituting the same kind of offense they run in L.A. I see why Cooper Cup is open all the time and see why he's able to do that. And I thought maybe he was blowing a little smoke. And you're like, we'll see once the season starts. But, man, he was absolutely telling you how it was in this game here. Um, just incredible to watch. Yeah, he came out looking great. I, I was expecting a good season from him. Um, I know some people were um, debating putting him or Cooper Cup at the one. And I know some of the people who put Justin Jefferson at one after that Thursday night game, they're like, oh, maybe Cooper Cup should have stayed there. Yeah. But J- Justin Jefferson came out and showed out why he deserves the uh, number one wide receiver rating um, before drafts. And man, he, he just balled out. Him and Kirk Cousins just look like they have a great connection right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Jefferson's got a few elements to his game that Cup doesn't quite have. Uh, obviously, Cup, elite route runner, elite catcher. Um, but I think Jefferson's got some after-the-catch ability that is just a, a tier above Cup. And, uh, man, he's he's fun to watch when he's when he's on, when Cousins getting him the ball with a little bit of time, a little bit of space to make a move. Uh, any completion can go for six. It's crazy how good Justin Jefferson is. If only he was an eagle. <laughs> <laughs> So close. so close. My uh, wide receiver uh, uh, freak of this week is Michael Pittman. Mm. Um, it's another one of the targets I had in this draft, um, in a lot of my drafts. Um, finished as the wide receiver five, oh, 27.1 um, PPR points. Really, Matt Ryan did not look great and um, just gave me a little bit more confidence in this offense that Michael Pittman was able to do that um, while still not looking. Well, not Matt Ryan not having the best game, um, yeah. but he did have a 26% target share, and he did have um, 121 yards and a touchdown, so that was very encouraging. They did lose to Houston, which was a bit surprising. Yeah. But they um, tied. Oh, they yeah. tied. Yeah, they lose, tie into Houston. Hey, that's, that's pretty much, losing, that's pretty much a loss. I, yeah, tying yeah. to Houston <laughs> is a loss in my book. <laughs> but yeah, Michael Pittman, um, wide receiver five. Yeah, I wasn't really keeping up with that game as much um, outside of the score uh, while it was going on. So I was just expecting to see Michael Pittman's stat line be a little lackluster at the end of the game. And then he still ended up doing exactly what you just talked about, 121 yards and a touchdown. So, I mean, if he's doing that when the offense looks bad, just I think he's going to end up being a great pick for everybody that took him this year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is what Michael Pittman owners are wanting to see. This is that ceiling of his performance um, that they're – Hoping to get most of the time he goes out there. So, really solid showing from him week one. All right. Uh, my wide receiver freak for week one of the NFL season, Devontae Adams, Las Vegas wide receiver, secret weapon. Nobody knew he was this good. Did you uh, know him and Derek Carr went to the same college? I don't wait, think anybody what? knew that information. Well, no way. I don't think any. You know, I bet if you watch the game, the commentators might have said it once. I doubt but, that I heard. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Devontae Adams, I said it before the season. Quarterback upgrade going from Rodgers to Carr. Uh, Adams had 17 targets in this game. 17 of 37 passes Carr threw into Adams. He reeled 10 of those in for 141 receiving yards and a touchdown. Good to land him at the wide receiver three spot just behind Justin Jefferson and Cooper Cup. Uh, I think... A lot of people were, uh, maybe not a lot of people, some people were saying Adams would have a down year moving from Green Bay to Las Vegas. 
I am obviously in the other camp, super pleased with the way Devontae Adams played in week one. I think this is a sign of more to come. Yeah, I mean, uh, while the rest of the media was saying what a downgrade it was, we over here at uh, the Super Fantasy Brothers had someone saying he was getting an upgrade at quarterback. So, <laughs> you, yeah, where are where are the Packers wide receivers on this list? Hmm. Hey, Romeo Dobbs, I'm excited about him for the future. But um, I, I will say one thing, 17 targets Devontae Adams had in this game kind of makes me think about week one last year when Darren Waller had... 18 or 19 in week one, and then kind of disappointed for the rest of the season. So are you worried about history repeating itself at all here? Uh, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't. But at the <laughs> same time, this is Devontae Adams. This isn't Darren Waller. Like, all respect to Darren Waller. This is Devontae Adams. This is That's arguably the most skilled player in the sport right now. So I think, he's, I think he's, he's going to get the ball fed to him. Yeah, it would be ridiculous if he didn't. Yeah, Rogers. Rogers looked like he was missing him out there. It was it was rough to watch. Yeah. Oof. Man. Well, this we got one more uh, one more position group to look at here, Drew. Tight ends, yeah. your favorite. My favorite. I put on this document multiple times how much I love talking about tight ends. Um, for my tight end freak, I went with the freakiest of them all. It's Travis Kelsey. I mean, it's the chalk pick. It's the obvious pick, but you can't talk about tight end freaks and not talk about Travis Kelsey. Um, just the way that we all expected that he would receive more attention from the defense this season because of the departure of Tyree kill. And he said, whatever, I'm still going to do what I've always done. Put up, I think over 26 PPR points this week it was far and away. The tight end one and made everybody who put like Mark Andrews and Kyle Pitts ahead of him this year, at least for the meantime, look silly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was not looking good at the tight end position this week. I mean, other than Kelsey, even those that were drafted pretty high, um, Mark Andrews, Waller, just, they had okay games, but not what you drafted them to be. Uh, with that being said, my tight end freak was Gerald Everett for uh, the Los Angeles Chargers. He finished as tight end for 14.4 points um, on the week. He did have only three receptions on four targets, um, 54 yards on a touchdown. But that's just the tight end position. It's going to be touchdown. (laughs) Yeah. That's just, you just got to find someone who has some sort of probability of scoring for this position at this point. Yeah, solid showing for uh, Everett. I do worry, well, I hope that Donald Parham comes back strong at the tight end position for the Chargers this year. Showed some flashes last year after dominating in the XFL with the Renegades. Um, so maybe some of that production goes down for Everett. We'll see. It might end up a, a good tight end battle. Maybe they run some two tight end sets and work in uh, some numbers for both of them. But yeah, solid, solid from Gerald Everett week one. Let's see, my tight end freak for week one. Another player that I talk about way too much <laughs> on podcasts. None other than Taysom Hill. Finished oh as the tight end three for the New Orleans Saints. Caught a couple of passes for next to zero yards, but he had 81 rushing yards and a touchdown. Um, part of the part of the segment is called Freaks. I don't think Taysom Hill is going to be a high end tight, tight end option for the rest of the season. But hey, if he's going to drop 16 points in Week One, we got to give him some props for that. Yeah. Taysom Hill 
uh, very versatile. Sometimes that results in an 81 rushing yard game for your your tight end. Uh, there's still a possibility to work him in in a few Wildcat sets, throw him at quarterback and see what he can do. Um, so his tight end eligibility could be uh, pretty useful at some point during the season. But really this week, just wanted to highlight the fact that he went out there, ran for 81 yards, and got himself tight end three for week one. Congratulations, Taysom Hill, my tight end freak of the week. Yeah, he's just like literally the definition of a freak from a football player standpoint. Not an athletic freak, but just like a weirdo. <laughs> so <laughs> great pick for your freak of the week here. He's that guy in gym class that just tries really hard. Yeah, exactly. And every now and again, he does something really cool. <laughs> All right. And that was our freaks of the week. Let's get into our squeaks. The. <laughs> The dreaded squeak segment. <laughs> NFL players quake when they think about making it into this segment on this podcast. No I'll one open... likes a case of the squeaks. <laughs> Nobody does. I'll open it up with my quarterback squeak of the week. Driving <laughs> <laughs> on this show, <laughs> uh, Matthew Stafford. I uh, was the QB twenty-seven this week. Ugh. There was twenty-six quarterbacks better than the Super Bowl champion Matthew Stafford this week. Um. I mean, some of that was just he never really seemed to have any time to throw with the Bills pass rush getting after him all game. But a big part of it, I feel like, was just the over-targeting of Cooper Cup. Like, I feel like he got too much success doing that last year and has become maybe too reliant on it. I know we've only seen one game this season. They just won the Super Bowl. So try not to freak out too much about it. But I think it would behoove him to spread the ball out a little more. QB 27 from a guy that was... What the he was top ten overall last year at the QB position, so uh, not a great start for him. Oh, tell me about over targeting. I had Allen Robinson in a few leagues, and the guy only saw two targets. Oh Ugh. man, yeah, Talk about a frustrating start. Jeez, my quarterback squeak uh, for week one um, was Aaron uh, Rodgers, um, QB thirty. Um, Packers just had a rough day. It looked like, um, I mean, it looked like week one of last year when they came out flat against the Saints. Maybe they'll be able to, you know, uh, come back from it like they did last year. Rodgers is the two-time MVP, but he just looked like he had no, no one to throw to out there. I think his two leading receivers, um, his leading receiver was A.J. Dillon, actually, mm-hmm. five mm-hmm. receptions. And then Aaron Jones with three receptions. So really, um, no one out there for him to throw to. Christian Watson was wide open down the sideline and right yeah. through his hands. So rough day for Rodgers overall. I can't help but think he might have avoided making this list if Christian Watson caught that ball at the beginning of the game. Changes the whole trajectory of the day, I think. Um, yeah, that's but, seventy yard, 75 yards on a touchdown. Yeah, just mm-hmm. coming right back out and tying it up right away, I think like it completely changes the momentum, but we'll never know now. What yeah, could tough, have been? tough start for uh, Aaron Rodgers, State Farm uh, spokesperson, part-time <laughs> NFL quarterback. Um, you know, <laughs> being the uh, NFL expert that I am, I think he's going to have to lean more on Robert Tanyan in the coming weeks, targeting five times, three receptions for Tanyan. Um, but in all seriousness, the uh, the reports out of that locker room are that there's some serious chemistry between Tanyan and Rodgers. I do expect Tanyan to have a big year at the tight end position. Um, and I, I think it might have helped a little bit in this game, just 
run a few routes, easy catches for Tanyan, move the ball a little bit, and then maybe cork it open again to Watson on a deep ball. Um, again, football expert right here, so take my word very seriously. Yeah, absolutely. But, this guy knows what he's talking about and also said that Robert Tanyan would be the tight end one this year. So He will. Just Ooh, you wait. Wow. Just you wait. That was a hot takes episode for a reason, and sure, I do have yeah. faith in that take. Tanyan's going to be a big part of this offense. My uh, quarterback squeak from one Hall of Famer to another Hall of Famer to another Hall of Famer, Tom Brady, quarterback 24 of the week. Uh, Not the worst showing he could have had against the Cowboys, but certainly you do not expect Tom Brady to be worse than 23 other guys that go out there on any given Sunday. Brady threw for 212 yards with one touchdown and an interception. It was good enough for the Buccaneers to win. But uh, the big glaring thing that I kept seeing during that game was how many times the Buccaneers got around the red zone or inside the 30-yard line and they kicked a field goal. Like, Brady could not get it in the end zone this week. I don't know what was going on if the Cowboys just really started trying to play defense uh, on that side of the field for some reason. They didn't care about the other 50 yards. But, man, Brady really struggled punching into the end zone. He had a few looks at Julio uh, that he didn't quite get the throw there. Uh, one or two other passes to Evans or Godwin or just whoever just wasn't there uh, to get it in the end zone. So tough, tough showing for Brady. Got the win, but not the fantasy production you'd expect from him. Yeah, uh, this one hurts me especially, not because I have Tom Brady on any of my fantasy teams, but because I took one of those dumb, boosted, pre-made parlays on FanDuel. It was the Pat McAfee special. It was Bucks money line and Brady over 225 passing yards boosted to plus 125. I was like, oh, that's so easy. 225. He does that in his sleep. Ends with 212. And I, I think I'm 0 for 3 on Pat McAfee specials. <laughs> it's, it's, I guess... That's stupid. It's, it is so stupid. It's, it's rigged. The NFL is rigged. Yeah, it's quit. Rigged. I'm not talking about this anymore. You guys finish the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, talk about bad bet. Switch switch gears a little bit here. I had a nice parlay going. Ten dollars, five hundred dollars on the Chiefs uh, Arizona game. Everything hit except rushing yards for James Conner. Fifty yards rushing, gonna hit it. Uh, <laughs> that, that one killed me. I think. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a rough game for, for Arizona. Speaking of Conner at the running back position, we'll go ahead and get into our running back squeaks. Drew, who you got? For my running back squeak of this week, I've got Austin Eckler, which is a bit of a surprise because the Chargers played well and they got the win in their season opener over their division rival, Las Vegas Raiders. But we saw a lot more of a committee approach to the running back position from the Chargers in this game. I remember early in the game, they kept giving the ball to Sony Michelle, and I was like, I was just wondering, is Eckler hurt? Like, why isn't he on the field right now? But. Uh, Michelle was getting work. Joshua Kelly was still getting a good chunk of the work. Austin Eckler finished as running back 25 this week. Um, not what you're looking for for a guy that was pretty much consensus top five heading into the year. Yeah, Austin Eckler. I mean, like you said, um, they look like they're trying to lighten his load a little bit. Um, another um, one of the backs that was drafted pretty highly and surprising got very light load. Alvin Kamara um, finished as the running back 43, 7.6 fantasy points. He only had nine carries for 39 yards and uh, three receptions on four targets for seven yards. 
Um, came out today, actually, that he was dealing with a little bit of a rib injury, um, which I didn't know. During, I don't think um, a lot of people knew during the game. Hopefully he returns to uh, Alvin Kamara form in week two, but not really hopeful since they are facing um, Tampa Bay and that rough um, run defense. So we'll see if Alvin Kamara can bounce back in week two against Tampa Bay. Yeah, that run defense and the defense in general look good for the Bucks. Kamara guy, uh, pretty much in every single one of my drafts, went one or two picks right before Saquon. So I'm sure a lot of Camaro owners are kicking themselves. They could yep. add Saquon here. Yep. yep. Um, but hopefully he turns that around for fellas like Drew. <laughs> Shady. Shady has him in a couple leagues too. If I'm not yeah, I've, I've got Camaro and Saquon. So um, oh. I went I went back to back with those two. Yeah, I've seen that stack a couple of times. A few of my drafts that happened where somebody grabbed Camaro then Saquon back to back. One of those worked out. Yeah. yeah. They average out to a good. Yeah. Yeah. Right, they they average <laughs> out to fifteen points combined. Pretty solid. Yeah. Pretty solid. <laughs> Pretty solid. My uh, running back squeak of the week is running back twenty six, Aaron Jones. Aaron <sighs> Jones, man, what a gut wrenching performance for him. Um, one of the guys that I was really worried about coming in this into the season. Um, he had five carries this week. Five of Green Bay's eighteen carries it looks like aj Dillon's going to get the majority of the volume in the run game and jones who is normally uh, very involved in the passing game had three receptions compared to aj Dillon's five so jones not very involved in the screen bay offense only getting eight touches you got to think either him or Dillon has to be considered their most explosive player on the ball and when you know your one or two guys only getting eight touches uh that's that's concerning from a team standpoint, trying to win the game, concerning from a fantasy owner standpoint, if you know a guy Aaron Jones is going early in the first round in every draft across the board, I've got him in a couple of leagues. Very upsetting to see the way the target share in the run game shook out for Green Bay. Um, we'll see if this is a trend. You know, we saw that with Eckler on Drew's Squeak of the Week with a large committee there in San Diego and Green Bay. It was just really two guys and. San Diego? Yes, they are the San Diego Chargers. So, hey, if you're listening to this podcast, I will call the Chargers the team from San Diego so many times, and I will call the Raiders the Oakland Raiders so many times. So buckle up and get with it. And you I, get made fun of every time, don't you guys worry? I, I am the most boomer 24-year-old on this planet when it comes to football. <laughs> There's some changes I enjoy, some changes I like, but for whatever reason, I can't get the Chargers and Raiders home cities lockdown anyways aaron jones squeak of the week sorry for the tangent what's next yeah so you mentioned i've i've got aaron jones in four out of my six leagues i infamously said he'd finish as the running back one this year i'm trying not to read too much into this week you said he wasn't very involved neither was the rest of the packers offense really they had a pretty horrible day all around um getting only five of the 18 carries is a little worrisome but I mean, he ended up with 49 yards on those 18 carries, so you got to think the offensive minds over there in Green Bay, Matt LaFleur and his OC, look at that and say, we got to get this guy the ball more. So Yeah, yeah almost 10 that. yards a carry. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, I'm still hopeful for him. I'm not uh, – obviously, we're one weekend. I'm not burning the ships yet. So, um, All right, let's move on to our wide receiver squeaks of the week. Uh, I'll go first with CD Lamb, uh, my keeper, 
that I talked about in our mock draft episode. Finishes the wide receiver 71 this week. Just two catches for 29 yards. Uh, One good number for him this week was the 11 targets. So obviously they're trying to get him the ball a ton. But it just did not work against this Tampa Bay defense in week one. Uh, It's not great that Dak is going to be missing six to eight weeks. That's certainly not going to help his outlook. Um, I'm a little worried about CD going forward, whereas I wasn't super worried about Aaron Jones. I am worried about CD just because of the Dak situation. Yeah, definitely a rough start in Dallas for Lamb, especially now with Prescott out. It's going to be interesting seeing how that offense works going forward. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't know. Maybe uh, Cooper is Cooper S. They're still there. They're they're back up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe he just might hyper target him. You know that Dak. That's one thing Dak would do. Um, he he would spread the ball a little bit more than he needed to, I guess. <laughs> but um, Lamb's also shouldering a heavy load right now with Michael Gallup out. They don't have that deep ball threat to spread true. the offense. Yeah, that's that's true, and I think I mean. CD does best coming out of that slot position. So maybe when Gallup comes back, that'll help his fantasy production. Um, my wide receiver um, squeak is Mike Williams. Um, finished with a whole three fantasy points <laughs> on two reception for 10 yards. Wide receiver 93 on the week. Um, same situation, really. Herbert does really like to spread the ball around. I don't his performance every week for Mike Williams, especially with the Keenan Allen um, hamstring injury. Um, looking for him to bounce back, but these are the Mike Williams games you are going to get. He's either going to give you 30 or 3. Um, so that's just kind of the risk you take with someone like Mike Williams. Yeah, I was really pumped to get Mike Williams in the 7th round of one of my drafts, and I'm glad I sat in week 1. Oh, good call. Charges offense just spread it around so much. There was like ten different guys that got like three to four targets in that game. So that's gonna be hard for Mike Williams to produce if they're doing that week in and week out. Yeah, that'd be tough. But from a fantasy perspective, you hate to see it. I'm sure the coaches are loving to see how many weapons they got offensively. For my wide receiver squeak of the week, I've gotten a little bit different here. You know, a lot of our squeaks have been uh, high end players that underperformed. Uh, my wide receiver squeak is more of a, uh, a sort of flex player, sort of a, a streamer wide receiver. Kendrick Bourne of the New England Patriots played two snaps, two snaps for the New England Patriots. He had one target, which he hauled in for 41 yards down the sideline. Uh, great pass and catch from Jones to Kendrick Bourne. Um, the reason I am really concerned about Kendrick Bourne is the fact that he seems to have found his way into Bill Belichick's doghouse which is never a good place to be. This team already runs a lot of two tight end sets with Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry. So really there's only room for two tight ends to get a lot of snaps on this team or two wide receivers rather to get a lot of snaps on this team. And that's going to be Devonte Parker and Jacoby Myers for the foreseeable future. It seems um, a lot of reports that it's not a disciplinary thing, but just that Kendrick Bourne has not practiced. Well, he has not looked good in practice. He has not uh, given his all apparently, uh, during training camp, not giving us all on the practice field. So tough look for a guy that uh, myself included and a lot of other Patriots fans consider our best weapon in the wide receiver core. Um, and a team that's really deep like that, like I said, runs two tight end sets. The targets aren't there to have a guy like Kendrick Warren be a third string wide receiver on a team and be productive. 
because um, he was a monster in a lot of fantasy games last year, and that's it's scary from a Patriots fan perspective. And if this was a guy you had kind of on your short list of uh, guys to watch to see if they're going to have another big year, this does not bode well for Kendrick Bourne truthers. Yeah, uh, I'm actually somewhat of a Kendrick Bourne truther myself. Uh, he was the leading receiver in New England last year, at least from a fantasy perspective, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Um, I took him in a lot of best ball drafts this offseason. That was before uh, the news came out that he wasn't having the best camp and he might be in the doghouse. But just the fact that he was on the field for two snaps and got one target and hauled it in for 41 yards, I have really hoped that starts to get him out of the doghouse a little bit uh, just with their inability to really get anything going otherwise um i think that he brings a a certain kind of spark when he is out there because even last year when he wasn't in the uh, doghouse per se he was still only on the field for about 50 percent of the snaps yeah but just when he's on the field uh he makes his presence known so hopefully uh he won't be on this list again yeah it's crazy how big of a weapon he seems to be yet how far down the pecking order is there are some reports that he might not have made like the 53 man roster. Like he was one of the names, the Patriots were looking at maybe cutting, which is crazy given the fact that almost every single time he's on the field, he's hauling in a pass for 30 plus yards. Right. All right. And with that, we'll get into our last position for our squeaks of the week. For me, I've got Cole Komet at a big old goose egg in week one, no catches, no yards, nada. Um, but I am a little bit inclined to throw this game out almost completely from a fantasy perspective just because Soldier Field was pretty much underwater for the whole game and uh, neither the Bears nor the 49ers offense really got to do anything that I feel they wanted to accomplish. So, um, But anyway, zero points for the guy that I have as my tight end in multiple leagues is not the way I wanted to start the year. Yeah. yeah, me and you both. I've got him on a few <laughs> leagues as well. and Big old zero court board. Shady, who's your tight end squeak? Yeah, mine is uh, Kyle Pitts. Finishes tight end 31 on the week with 3.9 points. Definitely not what you drafted him to be in the third round in most drafts. Uh, two receptions. He did have seven targets. I mean, the targets were there. Uh, two receptions, seven targets for 19 yards. Um, I hoping for better games in the future with Kyle Pitts and Mariota. Mariota did favor tight end position while he was in Tennessee, um, so that could bode well for Pitts down the road. But for Week One, um, a disappointing outing. Um, uh, hopefully, with those targets being there, translate to more receptions. And more touchdowns. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Pitts only scored one touchdown um, all year last year. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, definitely some positive regression there. Yeah, I really would have liked to see a, uh, a bigger performance from him in week one. Like you said, especially with Mariota, tend to uh, give a lot of production to his tight ends in Tennessee. Was yeah, hoping was for a little bit of, of an electric connection. connection. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> would have been good. Would have been good to see. For my tight end squeak of the week, I've got a guy who really looked like he was coming on to the scene a couple of years ago as another high-end tight end, Dawson Knox. Buffalo Bills tight end played on Thursday night against the Rams. Ended the week tight end 46. He had two targets. He caught one of them for five yards. Knox is a guy that I go after in a lot of drafts because I know I can get him a little later and yep. still potentially get that high-end tight end value. So uh, very disappointed 
with Knox's week one, one catch, five yard outing. Yeah. I mean, I have him in at least one league as well, so it's really disappointing, but that's certainly not something I'm expecting to see, just with how high octane their offense looked. Uh, I think he'll still get his um, for this offseason, or for this season, not offseason. All right, guys, uh, we made it through our first squeaks, freaks and squeaks. Now let's get through (laughs) our waiver targets for everybody this week. So for our waiver targets, we all wanted to pick uh, players that are Less than 60% rostered in sleeper redraft leagues. So with that, my quarterback waiver target this week, already talked about this episode, Marcus Mariota is only rostered in 17% of sleeper drafts, or sleeper leagues. So if you're looking for a quarterback this week, check your waiver wire. Yeah, my... uh, Yeah, sorry. Um, My quarterback pickup for this week is Jameis Winston. He's only 50%, which is higher than I would have thought, honestly. Um, he did finish QB7 on the week. Uh, he might have a rough week next week with uh, facing Tampa Bay, but I think this New Orleans offense with Michael Thomas uh, and Landry and Olave and that receiving core and hopefully um, Kamara coming back into form, um, I think this is going to be a good offense throughout this year and Jameis Winston um, might make a good uh, streaming quarterback depending on the matchup and if you're in a 2QB league definitely um, consideration for that second QB spot yeah good point on the 2QB leagues Winston's definitely somebody you'd love to have on one of those and a good option on the bench if you are in a standard league my quarterback waiver wire watch is for Carson Wentz we already talked about him earlier in this episode obviously huge week one against the Jacksonville Jaguars, rostered in 19% of leagues. Uh, so there's a good chance you'll be able to go out and get him. Uh, his upcoming matchups the next two weeks are against Detroit and Philadelphia. So a couple of Detroit, a defense that we saw Jalen Hurd shred. Uh, Wentz hopefully will have the same sort of level of production. And Philly gave up quite a few points against Detroit, probably a stronger defensive team than Detroit, but that'll be an emotional matchup for Wentz. He's going to come out ready to play against Philadelphia. So look for Carson Wentz at the quarterback position. All right. My running back waiver target for this week is Jamal Williams. Talked about him earlier. He got two goal line carries for two touchdowns, only rostered in 45% of the leagues. So keep a lookout for Jamal. Yeah. My running back um, waiver wire target is Khalil Herbert for the Chicago Bears. Um, he's only rostered in 47% of leagues. He had nine carries, 45 yards, and uh, one touchdown, which was much better looking than David Montgomery. David Montgomery had 17 carries for 26 yards. Rough to see. Um, So it might be a good stash. Who knows uh, how much longer David Montgomery might have that starting role. And, um, you know, Cleo Herbert does look like he's being worked to the offense a little bit more. Yeah, solid option there, I think, with Herbert. Uh, For my waiver wire running backs, I've got two here. Uh, One of them, Rex Burkhead, running back for the Houston Texans, rostered in 14.5% of leagues, had about 9.8 points this week, depending on your scoring. He was somewhere right around the 10-point mark. Uh, And thats I feel like you're going to get that pretty much every week from Burkhead. He's not going to be a high-end running back. He will be a solid you know, flex option, solid streamer if you need somebody on your team in the running back positions. That's going to get consistent touches. I think uh, we've seen a little bit of uh, dynasty blindness 
when it comes to the running back position in Houston. What I mean by that is there's a lot of hype surrounding Damian Pierce, uh, rookie running back, and if you're in a dynasty league, you know how much you want him. If you're in a redraft league, you're probably not. You shouldn't be too worried about picking up Damian Pierce, in my opinion. Uh, definitely, like I said, a solid dynasty asset, and I think a lot of the hype bled over into some standard leagues. And Pierce, I think, is he's going to get touches because he's a talented rookie back. But I think we're going to see a season where it's kind of split more so um, 60-40 Burkhead to Pierce as to who's getting the carries, who's getting the uh, involvement in the offense. So look for Burkhead if you're desperate at that running back spot. Uh, just for somebody that's going to get a solid 7-9 points every week. Uh, and then my other option that I wanted to shout out here, Dontrell Hilliard, rostered in 12.1% of leagues, tight end, or not tight end, Titans, Tennessee Titans, backup running back option. He was running back seven this week. Of course, caught two touchdown passes. He won't be that every week, um, but he is going to be more involved in the passing game than Derrick Henry is for sure. Um, and also just a solid handcuff to have if you're a Derrick Henry owner. Go ahead and snag his backup. He's available in almost 90% of leagues. And kind of like Burkhead might be a solid option to just kind of throw out there on a on a down week for your team as a flex option because he's going to get targets in the passing game. And uh, he's shown he has the ability to make plays after the catch. Yeah, Burkhead getting all that work is kind of crazy because Pierce was starting to go as high as like the fourth round in a lot of redraft leagues, which I thought was ridiculous and uh, kind of proved to be the case there. But uh, moving on to our wide receiver waiver targets, my first one, is rostered in, according to Sleeper when I checked earlier, 0% of leagues, Greg Dorch wow. for the Arizona Cardinals. He should continue to see a lot of work while uh, DeAndre Hopkins is out and until uh, Rondale Moore is able to come back from that hamstring injury. He finished as a wide receiver 28 this week. So check out Greg Dorch. Yeah, I, I've never heard of that name before. So that I seen that on the dock. I was like, oh, what's Dion? <laughs> when I looked him up on Sleeper and saw he was on Arizona. Wow. Drew really did his research on this one. <laughs> My wide receiver pickup for the week is Curtis Samuel. He's finally alive, arrived in and Washington. Alive. <laughs> yeah, alive and arrived. He's alive. <laughs> uh, after, you know, taking uh, all last year uh, off with what seemed to be a lot of um, nagging injuries for him. Good to see him back on the field. Field, finished as wide receiver 14, only 13% rostered in sleeper leagues, had 19.2 fantasy points, and really saw a lot of volume. 11 targets, 8 receptions, 55 yards on touchdown. So he might be one of Carson's uh, favorite targets there. Might uh, In deeper leagues, might be worth a pickup and stash and um, see if that goes anywhere. Yeah, Samuel, good option to have. Stash, I think I actually own him in two leagues. He was on the bench for me. Yep. So happy to see that production won those games. So not too sore, mm-hmm. not to start yeah. him. I see that you, I saw that you still have him in the Dynasty League. I knew you had him before. I was thinking you might have dropped him. I went to check earlier and you're still holding on to him. So no, I've been waiting <laughs> for him. <laughs> uh, my wide receiver uh, for this waiver watch is Robbie Anderson. Uh, he's rostered in 17% of leagues. Uh, just a couple of years ago in 2020, he was wide receiver 29, uh, which is crazy to think, you know, the guy who was in the top 30 for wideouts is now 
in, rostered in less than 20% of leagues. Had a solid week, week one, hooking up with Baker Mayfield. It looks like there's some kind of connection there. Um, he's a guy I think you can go and pick up, and by the end of the year, he might be your wide receiver two or three. Um, he's he's just got a lot of skills, a lot of talent, and if that connection with Baker uh, proves to be a strong one, then he's going to be a, a high-end wide receiver option for you. In only 17% of leagues, he's owned, so go get him. And moving into our last position for waiver targets, the tight end position. Mine is Tyler Conklin, only of the New York Jets, in case you're wondering. Um, switched teams this offseason. Only rostered in 6% of leagues on Sleeper. I uh, finished as a tight end 8 this week and had 7 targets. Would have been a, a really lackluster week, but he salvaged it towards the end with a touchdown grab. But still, the 7 targets from Joe Flacco, I think uh, that if that volume persists, he could be an okay uh, plug-and-play at the tight end position. Yeah, that one was really surprising how much Conklin um, saw volume considering they spent a lot of money on CJ Uzama. So um, maybe he's not looking too great after his injury last year. But my tight end waiver target is Taysom Hill. I think Cameron will like this. Uh, (laughs) You know, tight end position is rough. Uh, If you don't have one of those top five guys, you look in the stream. And Taysom Hill is one of, you know, he's a gimmick player. Um, We'll all say that. Um, so he might he might get five carries, he might get three receptions, um, but he's guaranteed to see a few uh, goal line carries as well. So he might break a long run like he did in this game or see a touchdown. That's all you really ask from your tight end. So since he is tight end eligible, I, I am targeting him in a lot of ways. Yeah, I think he's uh he's worth a stream every now and again for sure. My tight end to uh, look for on the waiver wire is Jonu Smith. Second time talking about a Patriot on the show, and I'm unashamed. He's rostered in 5% of sleeper redraft leagues. Uh, really the only Patriot that looked like he had a step up on the Dolphins uh, during their Week 1 matchup. Um, expect Smith to get a lot of work. You know, they, they've got him and Hunter Henry, and Belichick likes to use both of those guys on the offense. Uh, like I said earlier, they run a, run a lot of two tight end sets, which can take some of the touches away from Janu. Um, but one thing that we didn't see in New England last year was the huge play capability that he showed uh, week in, week out with the Tennessee Titans. So I'm excited to see uh, Janu Smith back this year. Um, again, a lot of reports of him looking way better than he did last year. Uh, he's actually come out and said himself he was very frustrated with the way he played last year, and uh, he showed that with uh, all the reports coming out of camp that he's looked really good from the tight end position. So hopefully Mac Jones warms up to him as a target and Smith sees a lot of action in that New England offense. If you're looking for a tight end, I think he's a solid option to just pick up, maybe stash him, maybe stream him. Um, I think from now on, every time uh, Cameron mentions a Patriot or a Raider on this show, I'm going to go with a little... And we're gonna keep a count, and we'll add them up <laughs> at the end of the show. And no, keep a... that'd make that'd make for a dangerous drinking game right there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, so that was our waiver wire targets for this week, and uh, that wraps up all of the planned programming for this edition of Super Fantasy Brothers. Uh, boys, you got anything you need to get in edgewise before we wrap it up here? I think I'm good. Just go out there, uh, add all these players, and you guys let us know how many games you win because of these waiver wire pickups we told you to go get. Yeah, literally make your whole team the waiver wire additions <laughs> that we came if, that we came up with. If you can drop your first round draft pick, do it. Don't trust your instinct. 
trust probably, what we're telling you. <laughs> you're probably not going to win your league anyway, so you might as well try no. this and have some fun with yeah. it. Yeah. Drop Kelsey for Taysom Hill. What do you got to lose? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe 200 points on the season. Who knows? <laughs> Minimum. But uh, yeah, that'll do it for this episode of the Super Fantasy Brothers podcast. Uh, hit us up at nssportsmedia at gmail.com if you think there's anybody we should have given a little more shine to in this episode. If there's any uh, notable squeaks that we missed out on that we should have flamed up some more. Um, let us hey, know don't forget waiting. the freaks either. So Don't forget the freaks. Yeah, did we miss <laughs> any freaks? Um, as Jalen Hurts like <laughs> once said, there's nobody like him that can get freaky in the open field. So... Uh, great call for Shady's Freak of the Week at quarterback. But uh, yeah, tune in later this week when we drop our preview episode and uh, just stay tuning in all season. And hopefully, we're going to help you guys win some championships this year. But until then, my name is Drew Wade for the other brothers here. We will see you next time. Peace.